1: life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com these aren't the stories your mother told you no these are the other stories (laughs) Today's episode of The Other Stories has been sponsored by Scared to Death. If you're looking for something scary, mysterious and interesting to distract and entertain you, check out the horror podcast, Scared to Death. Scared to Death podcast is nearing 150 episodes of demonic possession, hauntings, shadow people, black-eyed children, alien abdictions and so much more. Join Dan Cummins as he tries to scare his wife Lynns each and every week with dark tales from around the world and around the web. Linz gets that sweet revenge when she tells even more scary stories that have been submitted by fans. If you need more chills in your life, if you don't feel quite twitchy enough, it's time for Scared to Death. New episodes drop every Tuesday night at the stroke before midnight Pacific time. Available anywhere you listen to podcasts and you can also watch the show on YouTube. So, get scared to death. Today's episode is Fingerprints, written by Ian J. Middleton. And narrated by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horace. A shaky
0: voice crackles over the police radio, full of muddled words and long pauses. Janus Evergreen takes his hand off the steering wheel and reaches over to turn up the volume. He usually would have ignored it. He and Patterson are heading back to the station. It's been a long enough day as it is. He's already lied twice to his wife about what time he would be home. But there is something about the officer's voice that catches his attention. After another extended pause, the voice on the radio requests backup. Janus glances over at Patterson. She greets him with an expectant stare. Strands of brown hair have escaped her tight ponytail. Her blemished skin is beginning to show through her thinning makeup. Without a word... She rolls her eyes and leans back into the passenger seat. Janus reaches for the intercom. This is detectives Evergreen and Patterson responding. En route, ETA six minutes. Eight minutes later, Janus and Patterson turn onto a leafy tree-lined street. The flashing red and blue lights of the awaiting patrol vehicle illuminate the warm night. Two officers are parked outside one of the many obscenely large properties that make up the neighbourhood. They both lean on the hood of their vehicle. The taller of the two men draws heavily on a cigarette. The other, stouter man, has his hat pulled down low, almost covering his eyes. Rolling up onto the curb, Janus can't remember when he last saw an officer of the law smoking. He gave up years ago, but a bent and twisted pack of Marlboros remains in the glove box all the same. The last time the cigarettes were needed was the orphanage case. He shudders at the memory, and thinks of those little white nicotine sticks now, and whether he'll need one tonight. The officers offer little, concerning what awaits the detectives inside the house. They appear distracted, their faces pale and drawn. The lips of the smoker barely move as he speaks. You'll need to see for yourself. Cigarette is drawn down to the filter. It's flicked away without regard and another instantly takes its place. The one who wears the hat simply shakes his head and stares off into the distance. Janus exchanges a look with Patterson. She wearily shrugs but says nothing. Janus nods in understanding. Patterson stays with the officers. She may be able to coax some useful information out of them. Janus goes to search the property. He gazes upon the house with its ornate archway perfect hanging baskets and manicured lawn. The heavy front door, complete with brass knocker, hangs open. Before Janus is over the threshold, you can see the mess in the narrow hallway. Picture frames and artworks lie strewn across the carpet. The scattered glass pieces reflect the flashing lights from the patrol car outside, turning the floor into a strobing mosaic. Moving through the hallway, taking care not to disturb the disorder underfoot. Janus notices that many of the photos are covered in fingerprints. He reaches inside his jacket and pulls out a pair of surgical gloves. Slipping his hands into the thin latex that stretches against his skin, he picks up one of the frames. The perfect family portrait, taken on a white beach with a calm turquoise ocean in the background, is defaced with two elongated crimson swirls. He is about to place it down when a detail catches his eye, the frame is held up to the light. He tilts it back and forth, unsatisfied with what he is seeing. Eventually, he rubs his thumb across the corner of one of the fingerprints. The print goes undisturbed. He tries again, this time sliding his thumb right across the glass. Both prints remain. Janus frowns at the realization that the prints are on the inside. The photo is slowly returned to the ground as he attempts to process this detail. The buzzing of his mobile phone derails his train of thought. Reaching into his pocket, the device is pulled out. He expects it to be Patterson, but it is his wife calling. A smiling image fills the screen. She'll want to know when to expect him home. Will he still want dinner? How was his day? After a moment of hesitation... Janus cancels the call and returns the phone. He will deal with the repercussions later. An artwork rests against the foot of the wall. One of those splatter paint jobs he could never afford. Body handprints are smeared across the glass. Janus runs a finger through them. Again, the prints appear to be on the inside. Droplets of sweat gather across Janus's brow. He tells himself it's the humid night air. He looks through the entranceway and sees Patterson talking with the officers. It appears as though she is counselling two widowers. He also sees his vehicle. The image of the stashed cigarettes in the glove box flashes across his mind. Swallowing hard, Janus moves further into the house. He passes a spacious living room. A glass coffee table has been reduced to a million tiny pieces. A bar stool remains upturned in what is left of it. The screen of a mounted television is now a silver spider-web of cracks. Something seeps from the fractures. Red spots multiply on the cream carpet below. He chooses not to enter. Forensics can deal with it. The kitchen is visible at the end of the hallway. It seems to have been spared the destruction laid upon the other rooms. It is as maculate as the front of the house. Glistening pots and pans hanging above clear work surfaces. The black-tiled floor appears unused, as if installed moments before he arrived. Everything in its place, save for one detail. In the centre of the kitchen table is an open cardboard box. Brown stuffing paper lies on either side. Frowning, Janus approaches. He peers inside. A black sphere, the size of a billiard ball sits innocently within the package. The smooth surface gives the impression that it is made of marble or glass. Janus tilts his head to better read the mailing slip printed on the box. It merely states to the occupant, followed by the property's address. He stares down at the object in the package, finding himself entranced by its perfect form. On closer inspection, it appears to be filled with a mist or fog that floats within the sphere. His mobile phone rings again. Janus reaches for it, cursing at the interruption. The grinning image of his wife greets him. The call is promptly cancelled. The phone is stuffed back into his pocket. He scoops up the ball. It fits neatly within his palm and is heavier than expected. The curved surface is unblemished. The mist contained within swirls. The flawless sphere is held up inches from his face. Something begins to emerge from the haze. Janus squints, struggling to make it out in the gloom of the kitchen light. The thing morphs into a face, with features becoming more defined as they break free from the foggy shroud. Janus' eyes widen as the features merge with those of the detective peering into the black ball. A curved reflection stares back at him with panicked eyes. A silent scream is emitted from a gaping mouth. A fearful gasp escapes Janus's lungs. The sphere is dropped. It lands on the wooden table without a sound. It does not bounce. It does not roll. It remains perfectly still. The mist within reclaims Janus's distressed reflection. Janus scans the kitchen, hoping that this is all some elaborate prank. That his colleagues will leap out and shout, surprise. That streamers will fall from the ceiling and corks will fly from champagne bottles. But he's not that lucky. His sights fall back on the ball. A shiver tingles down his spine. There are other rooms to check, but they can wait. He needs to be free of this place and outside in the warm air and the company of Patterson. Janus steps back into the neon hallway that continues to strobe red and blue. He notices that the door opposite the kitchen is ajar. He pauses, glancing between the beckoning normality of outside and the stifling confusion within. He licks his lips, tasting the saltiness of the accumulating sweat and finds that he is nudging the door open before he can stop himself. It silently swings on its hinges to reveal a toilet, wash basin and laminate flooring streaked with two parallel lines of thick blood. Janus blinks sweat from his eyes as he traces the horrid stains to the base of a shattered full-length mirror. Hundreds of shimmering pieces are scattered throughout the room, as though something had burst free from the reflective surface. It is just possible to make out footprints going from what remains of the mirror to the wall opposite. A mobile phone lies on the ground, where the streaks begin. Something was dragged across the floor. Janus corrects himself. Someone was dragged across the floor. But where are they now? Janus lets out a long breath. His bulky frame deflates a little. He's seen enough and wants out. He needs some air. He needs a smoke. His hurried footfalls clumsily stomp through the shattered mess in the hallway. There will be angry words from forensics later. He doesn't care. The warm night greets him. It feels like a safety blanket. As his muscles relax, the phone buzzes again. Without thinking, he pulls it out. He has no intention of answering, but the prospect of seeing the photo of his loving wife is comforting. His thumb is already over the cancel button when he looks at the screen. His world shifts, almost knocking him off his feet. It is not the picture of his wife that greets him. Instead... It is the same warped face that is trapped inside the black sphere. Janus holds up the phone that shakes within his grasp. They meet each other's stare. And then a filthy hand reaches out, the palm pressed up against the inside of the screen. Janus screams. The phone clatters on the concrete path. Specks of blood fly out as though the device is wounded. The two officers look up. Patterson calls out, asking if he is okay. Janus stumbles forward, waving his arm dismissively. His vehicle is just there. He just needs a minute alone. He needs to think. He really needs that smoke. The car door slams behind him as he falls into the driver's seat. The doors are locked. He is faintly aware of the urgent dull tones of Patterson shouting at the window. The glove box is popped open. Papers and manuals are torn out, falling across the passenger seat and footwell. The crumpled pack of Marlboros is snatched up. The few cigarettes that remain are emptied into trembling hands. Janus clamps one between his lips. The lighter takes several flicks of the flint to spark a flame. He sucks deeply. Soothing nicotine fills his lungs. He rocks back and forth in the driver's seat failing to push the events of the last few minutes from his mind. Patterson taps on the window. It is ignored. Eventually, she gives up and says something about going to look inside for herself. Janus' body stiffens. He goes to warn her, but before he can, he catches sight of a figure in the rearview mirror. Someone shares the car with him. It's the same person from inside the black ball. From inside the mobile phone. Instinctively, he reaches for his holstered revolver and snaps around to confront the intruder. But the rear seats are empty. Janus lets out a relieved sigh. Smoke catches in his throat. He coughs. And then swivels back around. Just in time to be showered in glass as a pair of ragged hands burst from the rearview mirror.
1: I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Fingerprints was written by Ian J. Middleton, narrated by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horace, edited by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Silicon Transmitter and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading. And, of course, to Ben Errington for carving up the social media turkey and serving up such delicious content sandwiches. Ta very much. For more of Ian J. Middleton's work, head over to www.ianjmiddleton.com. James Barnett is a producer of the Night's End podcast, a short story fiction podcast with tales of horror and the paranormal. Search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You can check out more of his work at jamesbarnettcreative.com. Today's episode has been sponsored by Scared to Death. If you're looking for something scary, mysterious, and interesting to distract and entertain you, check out the horror podcast, Scared to Death. If you need more chills in your life, if you don't feel quite twitchy enough, it's time for Scared to Death. New episodes drop every Tuesday night, the stroke before midnight Pacific time, and it's available anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can also watch the show on YouTube. So, get scared to death. The Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver, and is brought to you with a Creative Commons Attribution- non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. So, until next time. Small details
0: are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right.